part three today. Last one, I think. I hope. Throwing me back to your rap. I know. <laughs> I really should do another one of those. If you know, you know. It's like buried on the internet somewhere. I feel like it's still on your Instagram. Oh, it is, but buried. Oh, yeah. It's I have so back. many posts now. Go to her reels and scroll all the way down. No, it's like, the reels didn't exist then. It was IGTV. But do you think it's like under the reels section on your Instagram now? I've never looked. Yeah, that would be a lot of scrolling. I don't know. I remember I got the first cut of it. Mm-hmm. I was still a client at the time. I was like, what do you think of this? Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Good times. Good times. Throwbacks. What would you rap about now? Free radicals. Okay. What was it last time? Hacking? No, I don't remember. It was everything. Okay. So many topics in one song. Okay. Cringy. But it was supposed to be cringy. And that was the hardest part is that people thought it was legit. And it was like, I was actually trying to be good, but it was supposed to be funny. Like, it was supposed to be so bad that it's funny. Who did it for you? Uh, Mia from high school. Okay. That's my high school friend. (laughs) Yeah. So funny. It was iconic. It was an era. Anyways, let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's get into ethics and aesthetics. So, some things that I want to talk about. About ethics and aesthetics, there's where to start. (laughs) We already talked about the no-brainers last time, but these are ones I think a lot of people don't think about. Okay. Um, For me, I do consults before treatments, always. Yeah. Because you got to feel out your patient first and see what their expectations are. I think a lot of times, you know, the reason people get bad reviews or they don't have client retention is because they do not lay out what needs to happen? I mean, you you can't assume people know everything. You mm-hmm. have to really go into it as that they don't, that they know nothing because truly a lot of people don't. Now, you will have those clients that are research everything and they already know every procedure and device that you have. But setting expectations is the key to client compliance and success with your clients. Yeah. So during that consult, you get to know like, all right, they just coming in for a one-off fun facial. If that's your kind of vibe, like that's fine. Mm-hmm. But if you're more of a corrective facility and corrective clinic like my space is, you want to know what they're here for. Do they have a wedding? I mean, the other day I had a girl come in for a consult. She's like, my wedding's in one month. I'm like, I'm booked out five months from now. Like, there's no way I can get you in. Yeah. We can start you on some products, but, you know, I'm not going to be able to treat you till after the wedding. And it's one of those things that you have to set those expectations. Like, if they're coming in trying to get ready for an event, like, this is what you need to do. This is the timeline. This is the treatment plan. Yeah. A lot of people ask, like, why don't my clients rebook with me? Like, why don't they rebook? Well, my first question is, do you have a treatment plan for them? Have you laid out their schedule? And you don't have to have it written out. You can have them book it out. So, That's you know, just, you do, yeah. yeah, I have them come to the front and I say, okay, I want you to do six of these, three of these, four of those. And this is how the space out is going to be. And I book them out so that they have a slot because... With my clinic now, we're booked out so far. So it's really important to get them on the schedule so they know what's happening instead of just being like, let's just book your first appointment. And then you never know, especially when you have a lot of people in your business, if they're going to remember to rebook them or not. You know, you can't police that. So I think you as the provider being up front and getting all those scheduled out and like verbally explaining that to them. And you can take it a step further if you want to write out a treatment sheet. I don't personally do that, but it's not a bad idea. Yeah. And also like, I feel like, even in just doing that subconsciously to the client, it's going to be a higher retention rate because if you have something scheduled already, you're way more likely than if you have to like go out of your way to book it again. Yeah. Not be like, oh, let's book your first microneedling and then we'll book your next one when you come in. It takes three seconds. Just book them out. Yeah. So that's my first thing. 
Second, I will not treat anyone until they're on a regimen. And it's not because I want to make money. It's because I want good results and I don't want any adverse reactions. Mm -hmm. If you're coming to me with a skin concern, because that's what happens. I usually rarely have someone come in that has perfect skin that just wants to maintain. People come to me if they're trying to reverse aging, reverse pigment, reverse scarring, or treat acne. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. And when they come in with those conditions, like you have to have home care. You have to maintain those results. And you're going to have clients be pissed off and upset if they're coming in to get microneedling treatments. Yeah, they might see some results, but if they're going home and using random products or they go home and they're not using the right aftercare, they can get a burn, they can get hurt, they can get infected, they can have a reaction, and they're not going to be as satisfied with the results as a patient that is using a full home care regimen that's curated by you, the professional. Mm -hmm. So for the longest time, I used to do same-day consult treatments early in my career, and I realized with that, like, you know, you really can't do much other than, like— just a nice relaxing facial, which is fine. You can totally do that. But when I transitioned my practice to more invasive stuff, like I'm not going to put a chemical peel on you the first time. I'm not going to microneedle you the first time I see you. I need to get your skin prepped and ready and know that you have the tools you need. And two, what would happen is I wouldn't check them out right away. We do the consult. They'd agree to the products. I'd do the service and they're like, oh, well, the service was expensive. I'll just get those next time. And then they go home and how are you not going to like handcuff them be like you can't leave until you buy these products so I like to have a commitment with that before I even treat them because so many times it would happen where they'd say yes to the products we'd do the treatment the treatment would finish and they'd be like oh I actually don't want them yep absolutely all the time all the time that would happen all the time and I'm like oh my god and I mean it's just like also I'm thinking now like me and you both like our Sephora phase with like 60 acids and then like what they're going to be on continue using those products and then you're going to put a chemical peel on Mm -hmm. them or like stuff like that like it's just not right yeah it's not gonna work and for places where like you can just go on their website as a random person that's never been seen and go book a chemical peel or microneedling like that's unethical yeah absolutely you can't do that you have to do a consult with them first and know everything about them and also too like let's say someone books microneedling and they come in and they're on blood thinners now that just wasted your whole hour you're not going to get paid unless you're unethical and are like, oh, I'm going to still do the treatment and a waste of their time to drive out. You don't know how far they're driving from or what they had planned that day and planning their schedule around it. So it's just not fair to you or the patient at the end of the day if they're not having a consult before they book something because they could not be a candidate for the treatment they scheduled. And even if you can switch it to something else, like they're already in their mind upset and annoyed that they thought they were coming in for a certain procedure and they're not going to get that, Mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. So I think expectations are everything. And another thing I run into in my practice is um, a client will be clear. We'll get them scheduled for microneedling because you cannot microneedle overactive acne. I don't care who says you can. They should be stripped of their license (laughs) and in esthetician jail or skincare prison. Okay. Like it's... Or actual prison. Yeah, it's... No. But I'll have clients come in that, you know, are so excited and they're ready to microneedle. And one of two things will happen. One, I'll have to go around a lot of blemishes because I can't needle over them. And they're getting a half treatment and still paying full price because of the tips and the supplies and everything. Or two, I can't treat them at all. Mm-hmm. You know? And that can be an issue. And sometimes when that happens, you know, you have the due diligence to say, for me, microneedling is one of my highest priced services, Right. Um, before I had my ARLAs, I would just have to switch them to an acne peel. Yeah. And acne peels are half the, less. Way less than that. Yeah. Well, I mean, back then, 
before you had airlays, what you charged three fifty for microneedling and a hundred for acne peels? No, it was four hundred and two hundred. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So half the price. Mm-hmm. And that's the ethical thing to do. You still have acne, let's do an acne peel. Instead mm-hmm. of being like, oh, I'm gonna lose two hundred dollars, let's go ahead and do the treatment. And that's a money hungry esthetician right there. Yeah. That's a red flag. So for me, you know, it sucks like that we're not able to perform that procedure because I know they want that result, but it's not ethical to do so. And I don't want to half treat their skin. You know, there's times where a client will have one or two, you know, big cystic areas where I can easily go around them. Yeah. And like, you know, like if what there's we're one really pimple. T- yeah. And we're trying to target the scarring or whatever it is like, we'll do that. But it's super important to make sure that you are doing the right by the patient and performing the right procedure that they need and not thinking about your own wallet, because I feel like that happens more times than not with a lot of practices and clients that will come in and be like oh like my esthetician did this on me and I'm like why the fuck would they do that yeah. like I'm so like they like they knew what they were doing like no one's that stupid to know you know what I mean like it's just are like, there estheticians that like genuinely believe that you can microneedle over active acne three percent okay yeah I'm trying to give some grace here wherever we can I'm, find it <laughs> no It's just crazy. And also, too, when a patient comes in and they're talking to me about their budget, that's a big thing for me, too. If they're talking about budget and, like, how much that they want to spend and they're like, well, I want to do microneedling. I saved up enough to do microneedling every month. I will tell them I would rather you get products because at the end of the day, you're going to see more results when you're using products at home versus treatments. And people might think, oh, she's just trying to sell products. Funny enough, I make less on product sales than I do with services. I make so much more money and return on my investment with services than I do on products. I only make 50% of that. With services, it's more about the pricing is time and skill. And then also, of course, like the materials used, but really it's time and skill. Yeah. Um, And just, you know, trying to pay off your expensive devices and what market price is. But um, yeah. It depends on the service by service. No, definitely. Because like... Obviously, like microneedling is a high cost for you. Yeah. Versus some other services. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. And so that is something I always take into account. So if they come in, like I can only have this much, I'm going to put them on home care first. And a lot of the times, guys, new clients that I put on home care end up canceling all of their appointments after because, and I'm like, do you hate me? Like, did you not like your consult? They're like, no, "No, my skin's perfect. It's great. They'll still come back to you to buy products. But never get a service because their skin's just so good with skincare alone. And that, I mean, if skincare didn't work, I wouldn't be getting this much success with my virtual clients. Yeah, no, exactly. Because they don't do anything (laughs) besides just do skincare. It's it's actually insane. Now, yeah. I, I, I mean, obviously, I think that marrying the two is the best way better than just skincare. But I mean, for some people, they can't. And that's yeah. OK. Yeah. Products always first, because if you think about it this way, it's like if I went to the gym every single day, right? Mm hmm. Every single day I worked out. I took care of my body. I was super healthy. But at home, I'm eating like crap. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Versus somebody who maybe never, ever, ever went to the gym, ever, and was just eating good. Who is going to have better results? Person who's eating good. Eating good. Exactly. Yep. So it's really, really important to have good lifestyle changes at home. Absolutely. And then the treatments are just an enhancement. Thousand percent. Yeah. So that's one of my biggest pet peeves. And then two, not listening to what your patient wants all the time. Do you know how many times people have come in and be like, I want this chemical peel. And I'm like, you can't, you know, and they'll get mad at you. Or, 
you know, I remember in laser school, like they would say if someone comes in and they're lying to you and they're like, oh no, I haven't been in the sun. I haven't been in the sun. And you treat them, you're going to burn them and they're not going to give you grace. They're going to write you a bad review and try to sue you and make money off of you. So you have to do your due diligence and really, really make sure that they know the consequences of if this treatment was done. Like I had someone when I was working for someone else and doing laser hair removal um, who I knew was out in the sun. Like she had a full tan, like I knew it. And she yeah. was like, no, I haven't been in the sun. I was like, showed pictures of what chemo- or laser burns look like. And she's like, okay, I've been tanning. I didn't know like that's what would happen. And I was like, I don't just say shit just to say shit for yeah. the fuck of it. Like if I say it, I mean it. Like there's yeah. like, I'm not trying to hurt you. Like mm-hmm. it's at the end of the day, it's not worth it. Wait three weeks. Yeah. You know? No, for sure. It's not worth having a reaction. And it's hard sometimes when people want to do things, but you have to stand in your ethics and they're going to appreciate you so much more. Yeah. And I'm sure like people who are unethical are like, eh, I don't want to lose this service yeah. today because she was in the sun. Like mm-hmm. that's not my fault. Yeah. <laughs> and not get paid. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that happens a lot, which we run into people like overdoing things or over even with like injections and stuff too. Like I wish I could say I had a client who, um, went to somebody and they overfilled her a lot and they never told her that she looked overfilled, but other people would tell her she looked overfilled. And when she would try to get it dissolved, she was told like she didn't need to get it dissolved and that she looked great and like to put in more and more and more and keep going. And then she looked fucking crazy. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) yeah, this person's blonde five, three, loves chomps <laughs> <laughs> and you know there are a lot of injectors out there that will k- keep putting botox and filler in you and not tell you to stop because they're making so much money off of you yeah the person my client sees now is like very like no you don't need that no you don't need yeah, that we actually need to take some out we shouldn't do that no yeah. And that's what you want to look for in a provider as someone that's not taking advantage of you, but helping you. And it was like- crazy to me, too, because I'm like, to my client, I'm like, you are her walking billboard. Like, why would they make you look all kind? I mean, I guess people money is more important than what other people see. Like, I would literally be shocked if I let my work walk around like mm-hmm. that, you know, and be like, oh, yeah, I go to Savannah Boda. I'd be like, don't say my name. Yeah, you know? no. Like, I didn't do that shit. Legitimately. And I feel like it can happen on the flip side too, right? Where clients want it and well, they and they get bullied into doing it. Well, I'm saying that providers also will undertreat. Oh yeah. To extend. Oh my god, you just literally triggered a deep <laughs> memory. So I allegedly worked at a place that did laser hair <laughs> removal, and allegedly I got written up five times because I was treating at the right setting and people yeah. were getting really good results. Yeah. And same thing with not even laser. It was also microneedling because I was like, I'd go a little more aggressive than like the other girl. And they were like, and I'd be like, I could get people's skin where it needed to be with six treatments instead of 12. And I thought I was like doing a good job, you know? I'm like, and they're like, no, we're losing money because you're too good at your job. Like you need to stop doing so much. Like you need to do less, treat less, don't do everything, Mm -hmm. you know? And that to me was like, such a red flag i was like i'm getting in trouble for being too good at my job because i'm saving my clients money but my bosses are upset allegedly with me because i allegedly was doing a good job and people were coming in less and less because they didn't need 80 sessions and i see that all the time with clients that are especially like places like laser away or like these like total med solutions like these like 
franchises is where you'll run into this most more like Groupon places and things like that are places that usually undertreat. And the reason they can get away with doing such low prices is because they are undertreating you and they want you to keep coming back. Not those exact places. Just no, places play like, like that. that. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope you guys are finding this funny because I am. It's so funny. <laughs> and that's the sad truth. Undertreatment happens all the time yeah. all the time especially with laser hair removal especially I feel like a right now for bringing thank this you up. because that's a huge talking point <laughs> yeah because it happens all the time and i will never forget going home and telling my parents like that i got written up for doing <laughs> too much for my patients that's and that's the crazy part now. I mean, hopefully it's not like that anymore. Cause like, oh no, there's a place. Literally, my client just told me that's diluting Botox and stuff. I mean, it happens all the time. People dilute Botox. People under treat because they want you to come back in. And I'm like, why not just do such a good job and raise your prices because you're so good that you make more yeah. money because you're so good at your job Absolutely. versus like doing a shit job and not charging and mm-hmm. just charging average average pricing, you know. And so you get what you pay for, honestly, guys, when it comes to aesthetics. So, like, I mean, yeah. I'm a firm believer in that in a lot of areas of life. Like, there's things you can cheap out on. Like, you know, if you don't want to get the name brand Pop-Tarts, like, get the freaking, like, great yeah. value Pop-Tarts. But don't cheap out on your Botox and filler or your medical services because yeah. I'll tell you, in the long run, when you're trying to save money, you're going to spend more money correcting all of those things because you're not going to get the best results. I can't tell you how... Probably my clientele right now, 80% of them come to me battered and bruised from other places that have burned them, hurt them and treated them so dirty that they're like, I'm going to go see Savannah because this is someone I trust. Yeah. And I'm never someone's first option. I'm always like the fifth or sixth, like the last hope. And Mm -hmm. it makes it hard because there's so much pressure on me, like with virtual consoles, especially they're like, I've been on Accutane. I've been on Spiralactone. I've been on clindamycin. I've done this birth control. I've done all of these like hair scans. I've done blood work panels. I've done this. I've done that. I've seen this esthetician. I've done this. I've done that. And I am the last hope. And like, they are already so untrustworthy of me because of how many times they've been let down by other providers. And I have to be the hero. No. Yeah. I've been in, I've been in the room when she's been on these virtual consults and like, it just goes to show how much people can be shady in the industry because I mean, these virtual consults now, obviously not all of them, but a a lot of them will like literally grill you. Like it's a job interview. Cause yeah. the, like, like have you treated someone like me? Like, yeah, can you do or this? like, or like, you know, you'll say something and they'll be like, are you sure? Or like, like, just like they'll yeah. second guess everything you say. And, and it's like, this yeah. like fear. That's that like trying to date have. again after being cheated on by like five guys. <laughs> exactly. It's hard. But those are my favorite because once I get them taken care of, like, I feel like I'm They're just... your biggest fucking fan after that. Yeah, They're like, they love I me. love this girl. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard. It's so hard. But yeah, I just think there's a lot of shady shit that goes down that just needs to stop. And all I have to say is in the long run, if you do things the right way, you'll make more money. Like I said, I literally did so many free facials, $50 facials, gave out free product in the very beginning of my career just because I wanted those results. Like I had patients like who I was marketing towards, obviously with $50 facials, you're not marketing towards the best type of clients, Mm -hmm. you know, because no like (laughs) okay not best but like big spenders no even best like just flaky don't care like just come in to get a facial like not invested like yeah that's what i mean like that just could give a fuck like oh it's a 50 dollar facial i'm gonna go get a you know what i mean that don't really truly care about skincare they're not going to keep up with it they're just coming to get a treatment you know 
So that's what I mean. Not even big spenders, but just people that are not invested or care yeah. um, about it. So I would have a lot of people like that. And I'm like, oh, I know I could help them. I know I could give them results. So I'd give them free products to take home that they wouldn't buy. And they would send me pictures and stuff. And I would get such good before and afters. And that's mm-hmm. how I really started to get you know, my reputation. Because after working at all those med spas and places, I wasn't allowed to have those before and afters because it wasn't technically my work. I mean, it was my work, but, you know, just... Yeah all the paperwork and legalities, most places will make you remove everything. Yeah. So I had to start from square one, which was really scary. And I'm like, how the fuck am I supposed to start a business with no photos? Yeah. No clients, no photos. Nothing. Yeah. So I literally would do free stuff all the time. And I got such good before and afters. And I learned a lot too, because I was a new SD at that point too. When I started, I was very fresh out of school, only a year, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I was using a lot of that time to learn Mm -hmm. and that's the other thing too is like charge your worth at the end of the day but I wasn't worth a hundred dollars at that point I was having to learn from the bottom up you know things that I had to start teaching myself education I had to teach myself that I wasn't getting at these spas or from aesthetic school like I had to really do my due diligence Mm -hmm. and um during that time I learned so much so much like anytime I had free time I would like just be soaking everything up like a sponge and that's truly what you have to do in this industry like you can't expect to know everything you and that's my other thing is people will say well your job should be doing this your job should be doing that you should never in life in general rely on other people for your success yeah like yeah they should be but they're not obligated to and at the end of the day if you want to be great you have to fucking make yourself great you can't say, well, I'm not as educated because my employer didn't send me to XYZ training and they didn't do this for me. Okay, you're a victim. Yeah. Boo-hoo. Yeah. I'm sorry if that sounds mean, but I, I hate that shit. Yeah. That's like, be resourceful. You know, this is like my one TED talk. <laughs> I will die on this hill. She's gritting her teeth. You have to take initiative. Take control of your own fucking life. It is your life. No one owes you anything. No yep. one owes you anything. Nope. You have to do it yourself. You have to go out and be a fucking go-getter because the people that wait around for opportunities and things to happen, they never happen. Nope. They'll never happen. You can't just sit there and wait for something good to happen to you. You have to go out there and find it. You have to go search for it. You have to surround yourself in the circles that you need to be in and you have to be, take initiative. Mm-hmm. Take fucking initiative of your own life and your own education. That's all I have to say. Of course, your boss should do these things but they don't have to and most of them don't because employee retention in this industry is awful yeah people jump ship all the time why are they going to invest so much time in you if you're just going to go and leave so it's your responsibility to go home and read and do what you want to do if you want to be good if you want to be half-assed and just go to work do your job and clock out and go home then that's your prerogative but if you're trying to be the top of the industry that you're in whether it's aesthetics hair I don't care what it is, a veterinarian, a freaking supermodel, like you don't have a nine to five. Even as an employee, you should be at home doing facials on friends and family, taking webinars, taking trainings. The entitlement that some people have that are like, oh, well, I should be getting paid to go to this training. I see both sides. If it's being offered to you through your practice, yes, you should be paid to go take these trainings. If your practice wants you to be at this training. Yeah, exactly. But if they're not giving you any of that, you have to go find it yourself. Yeah. 1000%. But- also, you should be paid for training. Do not ever stay at work. If you're like Tyler said, you aren't there if you're not getting paid. Yeah, like if it's something they want you to do. Yeah, like if say whatever you're not interested in microneedling and they want you to start microneedling. Yeah, they you, should. Teach they you. should. Yeah, they should te- provide that. But like, if you're interested in microneedling and you don't microneedle at your place, like that's your job. Yeah, you shouldn't be like, oh, they should teach me this. 
It's yeah. not their job to do that if you're not. Exactly. And also, too, like if you're not happy where you are, find a place that aligns with your ethics because it sucks to be in a position where you're having to sell products and services and treatments that you truly don't believe in. You know, like it's not a fun job. I'm, yeah, I can't imagine it is. <laughs> like, I can't believe you had to go through all that. Oh, yeah. But I'm so thankful for it because I would have never, I never wanted to own my own business, you know? Yeah. And I never thought I would be where I am today and have employees. It's just I was so damn good at my job that <laughs> SBA grew faster than a weed. And, yeah, really you know, did. it is hard. And I think, you know, a lot of people are inspired by me going solo and my success. But there's a lot that comes with it. I learned a lot. I didn't have any mentors. I didn't have any loans. My parents didn't fucking pay for a goddamn thing besides the $98 Kindle microdermabrasion machine. But, you know, I had to save and put the hours in, worked yeah. nine to nine every single day, holidays, Christmas Eve. I mean, I put in the work and I could because I didn't have a husband. I didn't have a kid. I was living at home and I just wanted so much more for myself in my life. And, you know, thing I didn't get here by being slimy, cutting corners, you know, doing anything weird. Like I got here from being me and putting in the grit and the hard work. I worked my fucking ass off and no one can take that away from me. She, she did. Those are all facts. I think that's the hard thing is when people see like the life I have now, they don't, if they didn't follow me back then, like they didn't see the work that went in to get yeah. to where I am today. I didn't hire anyone. I didn't have an investor. I didn't have any loan or money. Like I did everything from my own blood, get, sweat and tears. I mean, when I barely could have afforded my storefront now, like I was so close to losing it because yeah. I was $3,000 short. And if it wasn't for that one client that had like five different houses in five different countries yeah. that bought five of every single product, I would have literally lost my suite or my salon storefront. Yeah, no, I mean, I forgot what I was going to say. Never mind. About me, your hardworking bestie. Yeah, I just. That was crazy. I mean, I could barely pay Tyler in the beginning, too. Like, he was one of my first employees and yeah, literally true. like 10 bucks an hour, maybe more. I think it was 15. Yeah. Yeah. It was hard just to get started. It was really hard to figure out how to do everything. I mean, I had to learn how to ship. I had to learn how to do everything. Like, we didn't even know that we had to register oh, I our what alarm. I was say. Do you remember that? Yeah. I remember. I was going to say, you said, like, you didn't have an investor. You didn't have anything. I didn't know until, and that's the thing, is Savannah didn't know anything about owning a business, running a business. Like, mm -hmm. literally, like... Sorry, my shoulder hurts, guys, was, if you see me on the video. Yeah, mine does kind of, too. But, it's like, weird. she didn't... It's, like, literally every single new thing was, like, a, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we... Especially when we... I feel like when you open the storefront is when it really, like... Took off. Took off. And it was, like, every day was a new challenge for something that, like... Because it was literally, like, Savannah owned the business, obviously, and then it was me and my friend, and we were all literally, like... You were how old? 23, 24? No, I wasn't 24. I was 22. 22. I was like 19 or 20. So it was, no, 20, 21. 20, 21. You weren't 21 yet. Yeah, no. And so, like, literally three children. Literally <laughs> three early 20-year-olds <laughs> trying to run Like this building that's, that's started out. Savannah's goal. Is this okay to talk about? Yeah. For revenue. Your goal, I think, was like $12,000 per month or like. 10 or something like 10, that yeah ten thousand a month and like by the second month we were at like 40 or fifty thousand dollars a month or more maybe mm -hmm. and that just goes to show like 
10,000 was her goal to up from being in the salon suite or maintain maybe like at Mm -hmm. least be somewhere in the same vicinity and like just how fast it grew. And I didn't even know until recently one of your friends, our friends, um, started her own business that, that, um, there are like these whole professionals who are consultants for starting these businesses and like literally get all your ducks in a row, file all your paperwork for you, show yeah. you every single thing to do. Yeah, we literally had so many th- like remember when <laughs> we had the fire department come and did they ha- were like didn't have a fire We didn't have a fire extinguisher. That was also not my fault. Yeah. Cuz the stupid place that we rent from, they like are sketchy and shady and they thought I was allegedly. stupid allegedly <laughs> that I wouldn't notice, which I didn't. And he was like, are you sure you didn't remove it because it was pink? And then the fire lady was like on our side. She's like, oh, I know allegedly who this man is, allegedly. And he does this to a lot of like townhome people and stuff too, where he'll just like have one fire extinguisher and like bring it in for inspection. And then allegedly when they pass, he like will allegedly take it out yep. and then go put it to the next place so that no one really actually has allegedly a fire extinguisher. Yeah. So, allegedly. Yeah. So like, it's just crazy how... And then when we got that $500 fine for not registering our ADT alarm system with, with the, city. the city. Yeah. I, no one, t- even ADT didn't tell us we had no to do that. No one told us. Yeah, exactly. So it was, it, my whole point is that regardless of how little Savannah or any of us knew how to run a business, it was always ran ethically. Yeah. Like no matter what, that was always like, what, what did, remember when results? I didn't charge sales tax for the first year? That was Because I had no idea because I thought that... And that was back when your dad was still doing like your taxes? Well, he wasn't. Remember? Because that's why it happened. Because then finally when I hit my first six figures in my salon suite, mm-hmm. that was the issue. That was what happened is he was like, oh my God, like you're actually making a lot of money. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, fucker. I am <laughs> making a lot of money. And he was like, well, let me look at your books. And I was like... <laughs> what book? What are books? I'm like, like my aesthetic <laughs> books. Like do you want to read the one about chemical peels? He's like, no, your books. And I was like, no, me no caprende. Like, I don't know, dad. Like, I don't understand what you're asking. And he was like, your books. He's like, let me see your square, which is what I was using. And were you using square at the time? No, it was Vagaro. Yeah, that's what I was was using Vagaro. Like, what does Vagaro's books even look like? I don't know. Dude, I don't know. My dad looked at it. He's like, so basically you owe a fuck ton of money to the state. I hope you saved. And I was like, I actually did because at that point I wasn't buying anything for myself yeah. like at all at all like I literally was like scrounging mm-hmm. I didn't even like get my nails done I got my hair done for free because I did a trade with one of the girls at the salon suite like and she burned your hair off yeah, or is she that a did. different one no it was her <laughs> um I mean like literally I no if I ate clients brought me food like I was everything I made went straight back into the business yeah and so, yeah, my dad was like, he got it. That's when he was like, okay, this is not like a little girl playing spall anymore. Like, I realize I'm proud of you. Like, that was like such a big moment for me when my dad like realized like, holy shit, you're making more money than you would have been making as a nurse. Yeah, for sure. And your little salon suite. Mm-hmm. But please charge sales tax. Yeah, because that was a crazy amount of money. Yeah. I that, know. that's one thing that that tax is not supposed to be a burden and then so many you. other things like i was like not filing my like i didn't know about tax id or anything like with the company so i was getting charged sales tax from the companies yeah but i mean there's just so many like no business. It, like, like it was you guys have no idea how much i had to learn so if you guys have some money and you're about to start a business probably get a consultant yeah that's what 
but I was stubborn. Well, I think my big thing I was hell bent on, which was immaturity, honestly, was I'm going to do this all myself. Like, I want to be self-made. I don't want any money from anybody. I don't want any loans. I don't want any help. Like, I don't want anyone to ever fucking say, like, I made Savannah Boda who she is. Like, oh, Savannah's where she is today because she had this mentor or because her parents gave her this money. And even if I wanted money from my parents, trust me, I asked. They said no. (laughs) And this was like, I think right after that was when I was like, fuck it. I'm going to do this all my own. Like, I'm going to just be, you know, walk in the fire and see what happens. I have nothing to lose. I live at home. Like at the end of the day, like if everything blew up in my face, like my parents obviously would let me stay at their house. Like they're not going to fucking kick me out. You know, like they love me. Um, They just don't support what I'm doing at all, but they do love me. And, you know, now they're so proud of me. They're so supportive, but I get it. Like I probably would not have been like that or be like that with Cyrus, but also to like my trajectory of my life, I was kind of like, you know, I went through a lot of depression and this and that, and like, was just kind of like, you know, the black sheep of the family that just like, you know, I was never supposed to be the successful one. Like it was always supposed to be my brother. Like even from an early age, like he was the kid that like literally could pick up any sport in a day and like was just so like, you know, those people that are just good at everything. Like that's my brother. Like he can wakeboard, he can play soccer, he can do baseball, he can do pickleball, he can do tennis. Like he's just so good. Like we'll get a new video game from GameStop and like master it in one day. Like he was just so good at everything and everything came really hard for me. Like I'm smart, but I have to really focus and apply myself. And like, I have to put a lot of time towards it. Like I'm not just one of those people that can easily do something. Mm And so I think, you know, obviously like they're like, we're not going to invest in something that's going to be a flash in a pan for you. Like they were like, you know, my biggest thing with my dad, once he finally stomached that I was going to be an esthetician was, okay, if you're going to be an esthetician, you have to work at a doctor's office. Like you're not allowed to go, like if you're going to live at our house, like you're not allowed to go work at like a day spa or like go wax, you know, brows. Like you have to have something that we can like tell our friends and family and not like cringe when we say it which is sad because there's nothing wrong with doing that there's nothing wrong with it but my parents were very hoity-toity like you go to college like this is yeah what it is like it's only legitimate if you work with like going for like my dad being upset i was going to be a nurse because he wanted me to be a doctor to being an esthetician that worked at a doctor's office if i was an esthetician that didn't work at a doctor's office i was like scum of the fucking earth Mm -hmm. in my parents eyes and just because they believe that i don't want anyone to take that wrong and think that i think that because i don't there's so many people that do waxing that make more than people that are fucking Working for doctors. (laughs) Or working for doctors or nurses or doing lash extensions. I mean, this people poo-poo this industry, but I think they're now starting to see the money that can be made if you do things right. No, yeah. I mean, some lash techs make... Six figures or more. Or brow artists. Six figures or more. PMU artists. So much money to be made. Yeah, it's actually crazy. I mean, even hairdressers too. Like everybody makes... can My hairdresser makes so much fucking money. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. But yeah, I think that was just, you know, old school thinking and boomers, you know, that were like, that's, that's not a career. This is like, you know, some people see our career that way. They are like, oh, like, that's cute. What's your real job? You know? And like, this is my real job and actually make more than you, Nancy. And you work at a tax collector's office. (laughs) Like, have fun with that. Yeah. But yeah. How's busy season going? How's busy season going? (laughs) Like, even though busy season is. How's that salary when you get no overtime? How's it going? But um, the whole point of this is that, yeah, my dad really started to see the value. And now, I mean, he's so proud of me. And my mom's so proud of me, both of them. Like, it's just honestly crazy. Like, I feel like everything happened so fast in my career that I didn't have time to think about my success and, like, realize what I had built because I was so busy building it. 
and still to this day like it's just weird to think about like i don't know it just feels like a i don't know i it, uh, it's almost like it's it's happened so I fast tied my shoes so tight my foot's like purple <laughs> <laughs> she was complaining about it being loose so like, i'm an all or nothing <laughs> type of boy um no, yeah, honestly, it's crazy. It's also, like, it happened all so fast, but, it, like, for some reason in my brain, it's, like, it's always been like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I can't... It's hard to remember. The OG days. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. Like, I just... I don't I don't know. But I will say, I didn't cut corners. I didn't do anything no, sketchy and weird. Didn't. I mean, I did everything by the book. That's how we're here today. And I, I think that's what makes you successful. And it's also like you, ethics at this point is a bare minimum mm-hmm. because you go above and beyond for your clients. Yeah. It's not you're just treating them how you should be. Like, again, mm-hmm. bare minimum, bottom of the barrel. Like, I hope you're using real hydrofacial <laughs> fluid on them or whatever serum or yeah. what on them. Or I hope you're changing your microneedling yeah. every time. But like, I mean you have tailored their experience so much to where it's elevated from any other place that they'll go. Thank you. I mean, you're not, your bags, you go to any other place. I guarantee maybe there are some, I'm sure, but like. There's, they do. Well, now they do. But who, I mean, make your boxes smell good when you get a shipment or, you know. Don't show my secrets. I'm just kidding. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) There are a lot of perks that you really tailor their experience to where it's not just, especially I feel like also when you're in a med spa, Mm -hmm. you can get away with not being so foo-foo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, because you're a med spa, you can get away with being more like a doctor's office, quote-unquote. And like, you don't need to do all these extras. Like, they're coming in for... Yeah medical procedure oh yeah or like buying expensive candle like all the shit that yeah you do. so like i i just feel like i mean you need to be passionate about it yeah. at the end of the day to be successful i don't think you have to care a lot of people i think come in and think that this is you know easy money mm-hmm. because i mean a lot of people do make great money now but i think that the ones has to come from a place of genuinely in the industry because you love it so much. And you care about patients. Yeah, what you're doing with them. Yeah. What else do you have? I'm tired, guys. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> Wait, this was a lot. We just talked about ethics for like two hours straight. So Yeah. I think it's fair to be a little tired. <laughs> I wanna go watch Stick It. <laughs> Stick it. Because I also have, this is my issue, is like every time I, we record the podcast, because um, we record like four in a day usually, but, and not, I don't come once a week cause it's far from my house and I'm a busy woman and I have a yes, family and, does not have and time to come can't do that because then I would never have a day off to be with my son and my family. She would never have a day off and we would miss podcast episodes all the time no, because she happened. travels. <laughs> but... um. I think we pretty much covered it. There's like some other little things, you know, that we can go into at a later date. But I think we got it. I think we did it. Slay. Slay. But hopefully you guys took some notes on this. And I mean, I think you gave some good tips. I think think especially about consulting 
consulting? Consulting? I almost just caught your bug. Remember when you used to, or do you still do consulting? it? Yeah, consulting. I always do that. Um, consulting before you treat people and making sure they're on good skincare before you treat them is a huge one, especially if you want to get good results. Because I've even seen a lot of spas that require con- like consultation and treatment. Yeah, no on the one first did visit. That. What? No one used to do that. Yeah, now they like require it, and I'm no, but they require you to get both, like a consultation and a treatment on mm-hmm. the thing. And I'm like, that seems like you're doing it for money purposes, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know, but we love you guys. I love you guys. Hope you. I don't know if you're listening to us driving on the way to work or what. Hopefully, we made your drive okay, and you guys have a wonderful week. Yeah. Has so many split ends. I need to get my hair cut. Girl, we were just there. Okay, well, she didn't cut enough. So cut it up. Me, I'm like, I need to get my hair cut. And then my hairdresser's like, okay. And I'm like, don't cut it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys, we love you so much. Happy Monday. Stay ethical. Bye.